Hello listeners, and welcome to The Detail's new podcast called Michael Jackson Unspun. Michael Jackson was admitted the biggest selling album of all time. Michael Jackson has become the first artist in the history of music to generate six number one singles off one album. Michael Jackson! Michael Jackson! But I must confess it feels good to be thought of as a person, not as a personality. Hello guys, welcome to this episode of the Details Podcast, Michael Jackson Unspun. I'm Matt, always the video creator behind YouTube to Detail and also your host for the series. Uh, but I'm here with another Michael Jackson YouTuber, MJ Fangirl, how's it going? Hi Matt, it's good, how are you today? I'm good, I'm good. Um, I'm really interested to find out, what videos have you got coming up or have you had up? Um, yeah, so I'm working right now on a few things. I just attended a Michael Jackson themed wedding, the first time I ever. Know. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I saw your Instagram stories, it looks incredible. Yeah, two really big Michael Jackson fans. Um, people that have, you know, met Michael before and gone on various trips to see him perform live back in the day. They met, um, you know, in the later years and they both had massive collections and then they created like this museum in their home and had a Michael Jackson themed wedding. So I have a vlog about that coming up. And nice. I also have a loosely related to Michael Jackson video. Of course, it's Michael related um, because it's on my channel, but I have a story time video coming up about meeting LaToya Jackson. Oh, so, was it a good experience? Or it you was, didn't want to tell. It was a good. It was actually a really good experience. But uh, I, I um, she did something that I didn't expect. So I'll be I'll be looking forward to uh, hearing what people think about that video. Oh, okay. I'm definitely gonna <laughs> watch that. Yes, and <laughs> I have footage from it, which is amazing. Oh wow! Yeah. Have you met many of the J Jacksons or I have people in that camp? I've met Jermaine, I've met Latoya, and I've met Joe Jackson, but that's it. Okay, that's quite that's quite good. Yeah, that's a good selection. Um, yeah, I mean, what am I working on at the moment? I am. So recent videos that have gone up have been um, all to do with uh, Stephanie Mills and his first girlfriend, yes. uh, which has been doing really well um, in terms of just. Uh, yeah, like people have really loved, I, it's kind of cool, like I did a video where it was just a compilation, pretty much like of taking all her interviews over the year and creating like a cohesive story around like when she speaks about Michael Jackson, because there's literally dozens of her where she's mentioning different things here and there, and every interview you get a little bit of something, so I just want to put it all together and that video has been doing really well. Um, but at the moment I've written all the scripts and I've got the voiceover done this week for, um, the uh, the way you make me feel, truth behind the song. Oh wow! Um, which is interesting, and then that's kind of brought me down into the rabbit hole of uh, Tatiana Thompson. <gasps> yes, uh, I can't wait for that. So, so, and you know what? Like, because she's done two books about this, so many interviews, so many like different accounts and stuff. Um, so that's going to be a two-parter. Um, so I'm gonna do the actual like them meeting because also she was a huge fan of him before, so there's a bit of a backstory as well. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know any of this, so I'm definitely <laughs> gonna be the first one to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. if, if people don't know who Tatiana Thompson is, she's the the way you make me feel uh, video girl. 
Um, and then she later had a bit of a relationship with Michael Jackson. Um, and then, yeah, and then I'm doing kind of the aftermath after the onstage kiss and what happened after that. Yes. Um, so yeah, and then I'll probably do in her own words because she's again done so many interviews about Michael Jackson and kind of putting them together. So yeah, it's not just kind of my telling or interpretation. You can actually see what she what she uh, says about things. I'm really liking the that style of video that you do where it's just like the compilation of them speaking. Like the Stephanie Mills one was so good because I had never seen her. I mean, I had heard her speak maybe once or twice, but never mm. like with that full context of her telling the background story and her telling like how she feels about it at different moments in time in regards to Michael and her relationship. So I think that'd be cool. Mm. And I'd like to make a request for Ola Ray also because I know yes. she's done some talking. Yeah, I de- yeah, that I was thinking about that today. I wanted to do like her story as well cuz loads of people are saying you should do and no, you know, people are really loving those types of videos where you know, um yeah, like her his video girls or uh people that you know, he's had um, you know, interactions, relationships, things with. Um so yeah, that was another one that I'm thinking about doing. Um, but yeah, this is a bit of a mammoth task <laughs> to do because yeah, I, I, I read through her book and I mean, like this, it's so hard to pick out what to put in and what not, because some things I find really interesting, like, um, I think I'm going to put it all in, but I might not if it runs way over time. But you know, she was saying what she was at the, uh, Grammys in 1988 and she was performing with him um, on the performance and that they were in rehearsal and she was doing her powder. Um, and he said to her like, oh, could I use that? And then he just went crazy with it. Apparently he was like patting himself all over <laughs> and there was a huge cloud of dust. And like she she just couldn't believe her eyes and she just was gonna burst out laughing, but she didn't want to because she thought it would really offend him. Like she didn't want to oh offend him. I need um, to read this book because just that scene now, I'm like, oh, I need to download it. Yeah, there's lo- there's loads. Like there's, um, you know, like she went to the um, the filming of the Leave Me Alone video, and then there's yes. um, she talks about their um, limo journey home, um, and yeah, like I couldn't really put it in because. I, you know the the video was already like really long mm-hmm. um so but like people yeah definitely check it out it's interesting um because pretty much she had to get a limo home because she didn't have any money like apparently she got paid almost nothing to do the way you make me feel video she didn't get any royalties they used her image without her like permission or any like payment wow. um so she uh yeah so she, she so she was pretty pretty broke at the time which i think is quite interesting um so, so yeah, so that's coming up. I'll look forward to those. Right, now the main topic of today is all around uh, Michael Jackson, the film star. Um, so I thought it would be quite interesting to talk. I've done quite a couple videos about him and his film career. And I think it's kind of like well known. I mean, anyone who's a kind of watcher of my channel, at least that he was a huge kind of um movie buff and he loved films and hollywood and really wanted to pursue a career in acting and and be in big hollywood films um and he you know he had some success here and there uh in terms of his kind of um film career 
Um, but yeah, I wanted to kind of delve in this a little bit more. I kind of wanted to talk more about his passion around filmmaking, what kind of films he was in that, you know, we feel like maybe worked best or uh, what famous characters that he was up for, some of the film roles that he didn't get. Um, and also, yeah, like kind of what our take on if he was going to do it again, what would we advise if we were his manager or agent or whatever, what would we suggest? Um, but first starting up, so what do you think like kind of ignited his passion for filmmaking? You know, I presume this is in kind of like as a child or as a young adult, like why, why, why do you think he loved film so much? Yeah, I mean, I think it has a lot to do with like the era that Michael Jackson grew up in and the era during which he became famous. And one of the things that I remember is um, watching in so many documentaries uh, that people would always say Michael Jackson was one of the last song and dance men left. And he was kind of like, uh, mm. almost like a new age Fred Astaire or Gene Kelly, um, even like the Rat Pack. And I feel like that really impacted his view of show business um, because a lot of those guys were great singers, dancers, and they were in movies and films. And that's what kind of like, took them to the next level and I think that Michael always wanted to do that um and also like Elvis you know was very successful in his film career later on in life um from what I've heard mm. and maybe well he was prolific didn't he didn't he have a new summer film came out he he had those crazy contracts I think he was almost under like a studio system where they he had to do a certain amount of films every year and I mean a lot of them were kind of um just for like the fans or pretty frivolous yeah. like you could watch one or another forever uh but yeah that was quite interlinked that kind of you know musicians in um uh, famous popular artists in cinema as well uh but he didn't he didn't really do stuff like that too much where it was like and you know what, that's really interesting because i always think of prince like with purple rain as that being really revolutionary but when you think about it it's kind of like a throwback to previous artists who had done that for him where you know they would use film as a star vehicle for them as well yeah and i um, and i also think like you know i know michael jackson really looked up to diana ross and like that was a big step in her career when she did i think of a film mm. mahogany which i f forgot who she the first one was lady sings the blues okay. which she was oscar nominated i did watch um the E! True Hollywood Story recently. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't just know that off my heart. But yeah, and then Mahogany was another big hit for her. Yeah. And then obviously The Wiz with Michael. Right, right. So maybe like those are all things that kind of influenced him in a way to feel like maybe uh, he wanted to do the same. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I think, I've, and I think with him, like he, you know, definitely tried to model his career on someone like uh um diana ross and i think like because she was really a template in terms of like a black artist that's been able to be you know so successful within a group a solo artist a film career like multiple avenues like he didn't really have anyone as a model other than her who had been so kind of like diverse in like her successes in her career who's a black artist but then also looking back at people like fred astaire and gene kelly and um, you know, those, those, you know, that kind of, um, the music, dance, you, you know, I, I think a lot, yeah, a lot of like those ho old Hollywood musicals that he really admired. 
Um, yeah, and I think that's one thing that when we talk about, uh, like, the 80s, because a lot of people say, oh, the 80s were the last time that, like, artists were actually, like, original, like, in what they did. You know, the 60s were so kind of iconic and, you know, defined an era, and then the 70s, and then the 80s, and then in the 90s, things became too, like, nuanced and postmodern, and people kind of copied things from other people. But Michael Jackson, and the same with a lot of artists um, during the 80s, always, and I feel like probably since, like, the beginning of popular culture, they've always, like, referred back to the past. Um, but, you know, as the further we go along, those references might not be so kind of obvious, you know. It's kind of obvious that we know Madonna was imitating people like, you know, Marilyn Monroe, because yeah. we know who she is. But, you know, if you look back at, to, like, the 1960s, a lot of the styles and trends of the 1960s were based around uh, the flapper kind of you know, 1920s, 1930s uh, styles and fashions. Um, and then even some of the styles from, um, sorry, I'm talking about fashion in particular, but like styles from the 1930s were imitations of uh, almost like Victorian, um, kind of pared down Victorian styles. Right. So it's, so we're always referring back to the past and reimagining it ourselves. And that's very much what Michael Jackson did throughout the whole of his career. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think like he was never really too shy about it or never like shied away from giving his props to those that came before him. So I definitely think that um, film was like a big part of um, of like him looking at it, having an overall legacy um, in show business. Mm. Yeah, and he was really obsessed with this idea of being um, encapsulated through celluloid in the sense of like, you know, music will last forever, films will last forever, live performance, that's kind of momentary. But I think he was really, he wanted his image, his dance, his performance to be uh, something that kind of lives beyond him. Um, and I think that's why he put such emphasis on his music videos because, you know, there's many artists we know the music and we don't know the music videos attached to them. I, I'm thinking of someone like David Bowie, like, you know, in in the 70s and stuff I don't really have like a visual cue of like oh do you remember this part of the song when he did this in this video you yeah. know you, you know it, it's more of a well for me at least it's more of a musical like I remember the music but I I don't remember a visual a visual attachment to it as well same here same here um so just talk about his roles I mean like what kind of roles do you think worked best for him so I mean in terms of his film career it wasn't that like like extensive um, so I think the f what the first major role he had was in The Wiz. Was there anything previous to that? Uh, no, I think the first one was The Wiz. Yeah. I mean, he did like TV and he did um, variety shows and skits like that. Um, so yeah, there was some kind of like acting experience uh, in those types of roles. But yeah, nothing serious uh, like in The Wiz. And then was it Moonwalker? Was that the next one? Yeah, I feel like it was... Moonwalker, um, for sure, and I, yeah. Captain EO. Oh, right, Moonwalker, <laughs> well, wait, Captain EO first, then Moonwalker, Yeah. then he started, well, I know my favorite role was Men in Black, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which was such a short cameo role, but I don't know, I thought that it fit him really well. I thought, like... Yeah. That like Mike, I think that Michael either thrives playing himself or like a very loosely, like a very like Michael Jackson based character that's similar to who he really is, or mm. 
something like sci-fi, like, uh, you know, something like Star Trek or Star Wars or Men in Black, that kind of that vibe. That would be so cool if he was in, like, a Star Trek film as, I don't know, as, like... Because I was, I was thinking about it today, because he... he because I think we should include also television as well. Um, and I guess he would, did have a role in The Simpsons. Oh, true. <laughs> Even if it's just a, you know, a voice role. Um, and I think that's quite interesting. I mean, that was an interesting episode because obviously he didn't play himself and, it, you know, he wasn't visually represented <laughs> in, the, in the episode. Um, but, yeah, like, I, 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 yeah, I think either with him... It, I mean, it kind of had to be um, ethereal or kind of outer-worldly or sci-fi related just because of, I mean, especially in the later years, how he looked. It was, you know, you couldn't just be the kind of, I'm the dad that, like, goes to work. Like, right, exactly. You can't really play those, like, everyman type characters. Um, so, I, I, you know, and I think it's quite interesting that, so from The Wiz, like, that was his big, and he spoke about it in that Lost interview where it was like, you know, I want to get into films, I want to do more films. He was really big on like, you know, having a solo career and then also having his um, film work as well. I'm really surprised that during, between um, Off The Wall and Thriller, he didn't have another film project. Um, yeah, well, okay. Well, he kind of, well, he did do the E.T. storybook. Does that count? Kind of? Yeah. Well, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I, I can see that. I feel like that's him um, trying to put him in the line, someone's a line of vision, you know, like yeah. Steven Spielberg, put me in your next film. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and people see him more as, yeah, because that's like acting in the sense of voice work. Um, yeah, and I thought he did pretty well, but I do, okay, but I... He won, he won a Grammy for it, didn't he? Yeah, that was, that was the reason why he, uh, I think why he got um that extra that extra grammy that put him over the edge of um making the oh, shoot making the world record making the world record yeah <laughs> that's what i was trying to say yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah but i'm surprised i'm surprised i'm surprised he didn't during that time and i don't know whether it's because obviously you know famously with the Wiz, it didn't do very well at the box office it kind of tainted a lot of people who were in that film uh you know i don't think Diana Ross got another, pretty much ever really got a serious film role again. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it kind of took her out of that path in her career for a long time. Um, and a lot of the people who were in it also didn't really do that well, even though Michael Jackson had good reviews for his performance. Um, and also we have to, you know, have to think as well, like how many roles were there out there for like black actors and like what type of roles would they have been? Yeah. Um, and I think Michael Jackson very much put like he wanted something very specific like he didn't want to just play anything it's kind of michael jackson you can't just put him as like a cameo role as like you know you're going to be the doctor in this scene in this film you know like right right it it had to be around him and it had to be uh, a star vehicle and i don't know whether there was that many opportunities or many people who thought uh, yeah, give Michael Jackson a chance. Like, I think this could work really well. And I think later on, as he got in his career, because his star power was so huge, you know, it, the obvious thing is that people are not going to see you as anything else other than Michael Jackson. So, how can they relate to you as being, you know, any that, other character? <laughs> that, um, yeah, that stay at home dad or that guy at the 
whatever the soccer right. <laughs> match or something. <laughs> and, um, I did. I did uh, listen to a really interesting um, interview with someone who was working with him because after the bad um, tour, he, this was pretty much the next vehicle he wanted to get into because in his eyes, he did thriller. And I don't think he even knew how crazy and explosive that would have been. And then he, uh, you know, was kind of had to do the, um, uh, you know, following it up with Bad and did the world tour. This all took several years. And it was like, right, my film career, this is, you know, my moment now. And um, uh, one of his handlers, there was an interview where they were talking about after or towards the end of the Bad uh, world tour, they were having meetings with him about, okay, like what type of films do you want to do? And they had an agent and they said, maybe you could play the baseball star or maybe you could play, you know, you could be almost like a, the action hero person, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger or Steven, um, what's his name? Um, Steven Seagal? No. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or yeah or you could do um yeah like they were trying to fit him in these like really rigid kind of pigeonholes of like different actors right um and i know that so in my video i talk about how he really really um pitched himself towards edward scissorhands yes that would have been amazing i think he would have been perfect in that role that would have been good because it's like a mix of fantasy realism and I think yeah. that's that's the like happy medium for any Michael Jackson, any role he would want to play. Yeah, and it wasn't like he was playing himself; he was playing someone else, but like quite like a Michael Jackson. You know, it wasn't like he was playing Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think like anything like that, or like even like Peter Pan would have been really good for him. Yeah. But I would have yeah. liked to see him play like a Peter Pan in maybe like the bad era or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would have been really cool. I mean, there's so many images and memorials of him painted as Peter Pan. So if it was, <laughs> he was pretty much telling everyone, I am Peter Pan. I want to play Peter Pan. <laughs> um, and he, he was, he was up for hook with uh, Steven Spielberg. Um, and they were discussing it, but Michael Jackson didn't like, because I think the premise of that film in Hook is that Peter Pan forgets that he's Peter Pan and he becomes jaded by, like, modern life and then he remembers who he used to be. Um, And, yeah, so Robin Williams really plays that well because he can play that kind of, I'm just a normal guy, and then he kind of goes into that fantasy element. Um, But Michael Jackson didn't really... Uh, wasn't really pleased with that interpretation. Yeah, I don't um, think that would have been his his jam. I think, yeah, I agree with that I decision. <laughs> I th- I think it would have been really funny to see Michael Jackson as like, um, yeah, you know, like a suburban dad. <laughs> like he's there in the um i don't know what you call it in the states but we call it like an estate vehicle with like you know the big trunk at the back with oh the four kids and... like the minivan yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
for um, the SUV type thing, yeah. taking the kids to school and then getting this, I don't know, getting the train to work, sitting in the office, <laughs> having his coffee. I just can't. You know what? It's just funny, too, because I was thinking the, the other day in preparation for this, like, how would it look to see Michael Jackson in just like a regular T-shirt and jeans? Like in the later years, I can't even imagine it. Like I always yeah. see him in something super embellished or with tons of buckles or leather or sequins or something just over the top. And yeah, yeah that's why. Okay, that's why I really stick to like what you were saying with as Edward Scissorhands. And I think in your video you had also mentioned Willy Wonka. Like yeah. that kind of like over the top type of character would have been so cool. Mm -hmm. But it would have been interesting, like you said, to see him as just like a typical um, everyday dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that would have been actually amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, what do you think kind of limited in his career in film then? Like, in you know, so we talk about the later years. I mean, I guess because, yeah, he couldn't really play like those roles where, I don't know, he wasn't really adaptable. It was kind of like, you're picking Michael Jackson because he's Michael Jackson. Right. Um, and like all of those, like uh, especially stars that have a character that's so memorable, like even the Brady Bunch, Cindy Brady talked about how she wanted to continue and be a serious actress. And mm. she never could because she was typecast as, no, you're the little innocent Brady Bunch girl. We can't have you as this or that mm. role. So I think... Um, if it could happen to everyday actors, imagine Michael Jackson, who is recognizable all over the world. And, you know, especially like, you know, his look, what look wise, he also has a unique look. So how do you as like, how do you adapt to a different role when you already have this look that really can't be changed? Mm. Do you think it would have been good if he was in like, like, um, like heavy makeup or like changes hair, like the prosthetics. Like, do you think um, that could have? I'm just thinking what, because because I'm trying to think of famous characters or famous films. Like, it would have been cool if he was in like Labyrinth. I'm talking about David Bowie a lot, but oh, you know, like okay, um, that would have been a, a cool where he was like, I guess he kind of that actually reminds me a little bit of Captain Neo that role with like all the minions around and like. It was just, I think it came out like a year between each other, so it's a similar type setup. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I also find it interesting because I, I don't know where I read this, but it's online somewhere that Moonwalker didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do. Um, mm. Like in terms of like, I don't know if it was VHS sales or what, or I think it was in the movie theaters at some place. At some place. I don't, I don't think it was a large release. Yeah. Um, and I think it was confused. They did the same thing with Madonna, actually, in Madonna, um, where they he had the book called Moonwalker or Moonwalk. I always get confused between Moonwalker and Moonwalker, and I think that's part of the problem as well. Mm. Um, so they had the book, and then they had the film, and then obviously it's the famous dance move. And then, um, so people got confused between, like, are you talking about the book? Are you talking about the film? And the same thing happened with um, Who's That Girl with Madonna. Uh, literally around that, I think this is 87, um, she had the film called Who's That Girl, but then also she had a song called Who's That Girl. She also had a tour called Who's That Girl. Wow. So people just got confused between, I mean, that might be a bit of a, like, your film just didn't do that well. But um, I think that confusion doesn't help. Um when you're trying to promote a product. Right, right. Um, 
Yeah, and yeah. and also I wanted to say I think I had we had talked about Captain EO really briefly at in some one of the other previous episodes, but it was said that Michael did not like the final result of Captain EO. Like I don't know what it was, whether it was angles or the final result, and that's one of the reasons why he didn't go to the premiere of Captain EO in Disneyland. This was in the book Michael uh. Jackson Inc. Oh, okay. So I wonder if that also was a hindrance of, you know, the lack of control over a film project because mm. we saw in like photo shoots and all that. Um, I've heard a lot of different stories about Michael having like really wanting full control over even the images, even if he was on the cover of a magazine, wanting to have his photographer and he had the oh, rights. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. So imagine in a movie, I don't know if he. I don't know how far movies could go without getting his final approval. And then, like, who wants to deal with that as, like, a director or, like, mm. um, yeah. It's, it's yeah, because it's weird. I can't, uh, I guess, I guess he had, like, famous collaborators, like, with C. Jones, where he, like, respected their opinion. But I wonder when it comes to his own, like, image, whether... I, because you know, I've seen behind the scenes of shoots and videos and stuff, and he looks back at the camera and he, you know, he talks about, you know, we've seen it when he when he's at an awards show and he's like, I like this angle, not that one. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't shoot me from there. So yeah, I feel like maybe then, I don't know. Yeah, that amount of control he would want over his image, that the director, you know, it it might be a bit of. Bit, quite difficult because I know with um, uh, with the bad video that was also a, a big problem as well that Michael Jackson wanted to control every element of it and um, yeah I could, wait who's the director of that I should definitely know this um, uh, Scorsese yeah um, um, yeah he he had a huge problem and they were trying to be very nice about it afterwards they were saying oh you know he always had opinions about things he was never rude but he, you know he would just question certain things so I think and he was a perfectionist he you know he had a, a, a um, you know he definitely had an opinion about everything to do with um, how it was shot and he had his own vision in his mind of what things should be and I guess if you're so visually as well as like musically creative you're gonna have your own idea yeah, on how things should be, um, you know, filmed or how things should be cut together. Um, and yeah, you can't really do that when you're an actor. You're literally just, uh, you're just a vessel for the right. story that the director, the screenwriter, producer, they're all trying to tell and you can't have that type of um, input. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah. And I guess like, what, the only, the only example of someone who's had a very successful... I don't know, like, I mean, Oscar-worthy type success would be Cher in that category in terms of being, like, um, a kind of iconic singer, but also, and also being in a duo and having TV and film, yeah. um, and also an Oscar winner. But I also, I don't see it as, like... I, I think the route that she went is very different to what Michael Jackson wanted to do. She did um, some high-profile uh, production, so she did Witches of Eastwich or Silkwood. Each one of those, one of those she did them with uh, Mel Streep, so that kind of brought her into like oh, a respectable actress. And yeah. she did, 
a couple more like low budget, more not like her being super glamorous in them where she kind of cut hair off and she wore no makeup and she was like that mom who <laughs> I'm thinking about mask, uh, you know, with her kid who had like the kind of facial deformities, uh, which was meant to be her more kind of like grittier role. Um, so I feel like f- leading up to her winning that Oscar for Moonstruck, it was kind of like she'd paid her dues within, you know, she pretty much spent the decade as more of uh, doing her film work and people kind of felt like she deserved it. Um, And I feel like Michael Jackson just wanted big production, big star vehicle, big Hollywood, you know, like film. And I think it would have been actually really cool if he did some really kind of low budget, like really artistic, really, um, uh, innovative roles or just something which wasn't so kind of like glitz and glam yeah Um, i i agree and i i can't believe i forgot to mention also whitney houston she had really pretty big success in those roles yeah and and i don't think they were like big at the time when she got the role they weren't like this gonna be this big production but then because she was in it and she did so well like that and waiting to exhale i feel like people really took her seriously as an actress Mm. Well, do you know, um, another, always relates back to, also interlinked, so like Diana Ross was meant to be in The Bodyguard. That was... What? I did not know that. Yeah, that was a script that's been, it's one of those scripts that in Hollywood, like, sometimes you see a film and you're like, this sounds like a really old script that they just rehashed from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that was going around from the 1970s, and she was going to do it with with Ryan O'Neill. Um... So, um, and actually watching this E! Hollywood story, apparently when that came out and it was such a huge success, Mm -hmm. um, Diana Ross was quite devastated by it because that was a role that she always wanted to do. Wow. Um, And it would, would, I mean, it fitted her, like this glamorous film star and the bodyguard, you know, or or singer. Yeah, I think it would have been great. Now thinking back to it, like, it would have been awesome. Even though, like, I don't know, I just feel like Whitney... Maybe Whitney was like a little bit more edgy in a sense of like, you know, she had, but no, I think Diana Ross could have been, could have done it well. I'm conflicted. Mm. <laughs> okay, so if we were, if we were going to be his agent and looking back at his career, so let's say it's 19, you know, 1979, he's just done The Wiz and we were his agent, we were meant to be, you know, helping him out with his film career. What would you suggest for him? What type of roles, what type of like, um, direction do you think he would want to, you would want to take him? Uh, I think definitely something fantasy based. Um, Like I was Mm. saying earlier, like Star Wars, Star Trek. I do also like the idea of him taking on roles like redoing some some movies kind of like the Willy Wonka type of thing Mm. where someone has done it in the past and then he kind of reimagines it with a little bit of help from you know like the new like CGI and like special effects and stuff I think that would be really cool for Michael Jackson Mm. Um, but I would advise him to stay away from doing things that were really really big like for example like that Spider-Man Marvel um, yeah. thing. I think that I think that's just like I mean the character's already written up. People already comic book fans already have an idea of what these these characters look like. Like just don't even go there, you know? Yeah. That yeah, would you be need my something where you can Yeah, something where you can like add to it like your own, I don't know, value to it. Yes. Um 
I agree with that, definitely. I think also I would advise try and go a bit more. Do a couple projects, like a three week shoot for a low budget, low budget type production with, a, you know, a director that you really like or a film project that you really liked. Um, so that you're just kind of getting your, your, um, your education in a bit, like you're feeling where you're around. It's not this thing that's huge pressure. It's kind of, it's gonna be a smaller release. Um, obviously he's in it, so there's gonna be a lot of attention on it anyway, but you know, it's just not this massive Hollywood production. Yeah. Um, okay, this is what I would suggest for him. When he does, a, when he does an album, do a film with it, almost like Prince. And because I feel like there's so many of his like short films that could have been made into like feature length films. And like, like there should have been a film where Michael Jackson was a gangster. Yes, like, that's so true. Like, like, and a proper film. Like I watched Moonwalker the other day and like, you know, like a one where there's a cohesive like plot line and stuff. That would have been, or yeah, or like, I don't know. Yeah, or, or a low budget like horror film. Even if, you know, like with a thriller, like it was made to look like a B list or like a, yeah, like a B movie from the fifties or something. Right. Do something that's really fun and low budget like that. And I don't know, put it out there. I, th I think that would be really fun. That would have been great. I think Michael, like you said, he definitely could have like leveraged his own content more to like springboard off of and then create a film around it. Oh, mm. and you just made me think of too, uh, like Leave Me Alone was based on um, like this uh, story Gulliver, Gulliver's Travel. Gulliver's mm. Travels, sorry. Yeah, he actually, he would have been, like, that's a really good one for him. Right? That would have been so good. Yeah. Or if he was in, like, um, I'm thinking of films in the 90s, like The Borrowers. Did you, do you know that film? No, I haven't seen that one. They're like little, they're like little people that live, like, in the inner, like, the inner of your walls in your house and stuff. But they're just, <laughs> okay. like, little people. And it's kind of, like, fantasy element. I think he would have loved those types of films where, like, you know, they're, they're sitting for dinner and they're on, like, a thimble and stuff. You know, like, it's all that Oh, stuff. okay. Yeah, that um, would have been fun. Or, um, and also, I would, I would also suggest trying out a bit more on TV. Like, doing an episode on... I mean, it would have been so fun if you did an episode and he was on, like, Fresh Prince or something. Right? <laughs> would you, okay. Would you, that would have been so good. And not playing, like... I don't... I think playing Michael Jackson would be cool in it. Like, he was Me friends too. with, like... He was friends with, like, uh, with Jeffrey or something. Oh, my gosh. That would have been great. Like, I was just thinking, too, earlier when we were talking about television, and I was like, it would have been cool to see Michael do cameos back in the days mm. on shows. Like, any show would have been cool. Just something. Any, just something. What <laughs> other shows would you think would have been? Like, obviously, Star Trek. I think that would have been a really great for him. Um, do you think, like, The Cosby Show or... Mm. Well, Cosby Show would have been good because it was like, you know, family show in line with his whole vibe. Um, mm. I'm trying to think of what else. Like, yeah, I guess any sitcom, but no sitcoms are actually f coming to mind <laughs> yeah. right now. So, but it would, yeah. I was wondering if there's anything that's like more adult or more... Yeah, like later evening they could have done. That would have been really cool. But um I remember he was he he didn't actually cameo it, but they did have Michael Jackson in an episode of uh The Golden Girls. 
Oh, <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, so like I can't remember the scene. I watched it years ago, and I can't find it on YouTube or anything. But pretty much like they're somewhere. Like I think they're in a they're they're in a supermarket or something. And they're like, "What's all the commotion?" And then people are screaming. And then like you just see this glove come out of the crowd. And I think he like ushers someone to oh. come to him or something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I'm sure there's many examples of that where you know there's a Michael Jackson kind of. Uh, impersonator on television. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. I wonder how Michael, what he thought of that. I'm sure he was like watching at home getting a kick out of this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Do you want to go on to Q&As? I sent out a little uh, Instagram story about this. So I've got a couple. Right. Which out, of Moonwalk, which out of Moonwalker and This Is It is better to show someone as an introduction to Michael Jackson? I mean, oh. I know what your answer is going to be. I mean, I think it's going to be Moonwalker. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of everything. I mean, I have a two-year-old nephew, and I'm just waiting until he's old enough to, like, just put that on the TV and hope that he, like, engages with it. Yeah. Um, I recently added some um, kids, like, uh, styles on our new uh, store, like, some new styles. And uh, I've bought him a couple things as well. He, he shows, I mean, he's he's just turning two. This is for his birthday. Um, so he's shown really no interest in Michael Jackson. And, you know, so... I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to feed it in early. Yeah, <laughs> just a, just a few more years, and I feel like it'll happen. I feel like yeah, five or six is like a sweet spot to show kids Moonwalker because that's like when I kind of remember really being into it. Yeah, it's quite violent though. Quite a lot of guns, and I guess there's no blood or anything. So yeah, yeah, it's all in um, it's all fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Um, did he come up with the short film ideas all by himself always, or did he, um, uh, where did he get his inspiration? Oh, well, I mean, I think a lot of times he I think he would collaborate a lot of the time. Yeah, because I know, well, well, Bad, I know, I had just done a reaction to the Ebony interview during the Bad era, and he was talking Mm. about how Bad was influenced by, like, a true story, at the time of like a kid that went through the same things as Daryl did in the short film. You know what's really weird? I, on my video, which I did about that, I got one of his family members like commenting on it. He was like, he wasn't happy with what I wrote, what, I, what I said his story was. So it's about oh. this guy called Esmond Perry, um, and Edmund Perry. And he, it was something to do with yeah, Michael. Ja- I think Michael Jackson heard this, heard a story, and just created his own narrative. But it wasn't the story, really, of Edmund Perry. Oh. He, I think, he was shot down by police because he tried to mug them or tried to, um, yeah, it was it was something like that. But, okay. Um, but yeah, one of his family members says, "No, that's not true. That's what they reported, but that wasn't the case." Um, oh. So. But I was literally just look at Googling it. So, I mean, it could not be the case, but that's what was kind of reported at the time. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think really we're bad. Michael Jackson, like he took like the seed of that story and then he really weaved in his own story. Like that kind of way of like feeling ostracized because of where he, where he was in his life versus his peers and his family and people around him. So right. he kind of tried to um, recreate that in a kind of, you know, ghetto, ghetto kind of street style 
um, scenario. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. He would take those little drops of inspiration and expand. Um, I know that I have heard that when he wanted to work with um, Spike Lee, Spike Lee was the one who presented the Mm. idea with him going to Brazil and working with Oladum because Spike Lee was familiar with Oladum and what they stood for. And that's why he did that video in Brazil. So, yes, I have heard that when Michael wanted to work with John Singleton, which Mm -hmm. was the director of Remember the Time, that John Singleton was like, okay, but I want it. Because at the time, he was really doing a lot of black films and um, the African-American voice representation type of films. And he was like, okay, only if everybody in the the film is black. And Michael was like, okay. And that's how it ended up being like this all black representation of, um, you know, Egypt. So... Mm. Uh, yeah, I think he was presented with ideas and sometimes he took it and ran with them. Yeah. Apparently, I had this in my, um, video for Beat It that originally the synopsis for Beat It, the original interpretation was, um, that it would be set on a slave ship. Oh, wow. Which was, wow. Like, (laughs) I was like... I mean, I mean, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure a very st- strong message there, especially, yeah, for MTV. And right. you're literally, and you're literally, I don't know, like, yeah, it didn't, it didn't, it, it, I mean, obviously it didn't happen, but um, yeah, I, I thought that was a really bold move for someone to put that across as a, as a vehicle for like, you know, television that would play throughout the whole of the day, you know, all day. And also for a black artist that had really just been able I mean, I don't think even when they were developing this, he was even on MTV yet. So, so very, very interesting. um, Yeah, like a kind of way to go uh, with that. Um, But yeah, and then I think with yeah, so I, I, you know, I think he got his source from all other places. Obviously, with Thriller, that was heavily influenced by uh, John Landis, who, um, you know, with the American Werewolf in London film. So they kind of like based it around that. So I think he really took inspiration from the different people that he would work with. Um, and I think that's why he worked with so many different people in the films. Like there wasn't just like the Michael Jackson director who kind of right. put, um, implemented all Michael Jackson's ideas. He kind of collaborated with different people during his uh, his career. I agree. Um, and I've also got another question that says how long uh, about music videos saying uh, how long did it take on average to film one of his wonderful music videos? Um, so based on my research, uh, so Beat It took two nights. Um, I think Billie Jean was two nights as well. Um, I think it, it took a few weeks for Thriller because it okay. was longer. Um, I know the longest... The longest was Ghosts, obviously. Okay. That just took forever. <laughs> <laughs> I can um, see that. Yeah. But um, Smooth Criminal took two months. Um, and this is something which I spoke about in my bad video as well, that Michael Jackson was meant to be finishing the album, uh, because this was in early 87, mm-hmm. and he was meant to get the album out by the spring of 87, uh, but it kept going pushed back. And then, and I think Michael Jackson was very much a person, like, once he was really engrossed in something, he was just obsessed about it, and nothing else really mattered to him. So his managers were literally like, okay, you spent two months doing this music video. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, need to, we need to finish the album, get on tour, like, we need to get this wrapped up now. Um, so, yeah, so, but... You know, generally a few days. 
Um, and obviously, I, I wonder what the pre pre-production because those are two days of filming. But when you think about like costumes and the dialogue, and then also all the dance performance, and you know all the people in um, you know the dancers and background people, that would have been a yeah. A big, big ordeal. I've got one other one as well, which I want to do is, yeah. do you think he would have done any documentaries? And I, I, I think this would be really interesting to think, like, if he was, uh, I think in later on in his life, but like, if he was going to do a documentary, you know, not necessarily on himself, but if he wanted to shed light on anything, I wonder what he would do a documentary on. Oh, well, if he was to do one not about himself, uh, I think it would definitely be about children or like world mm. hunger or some of the or the world. Um, he was very passionate about the environment. environment. So mm. I definitely think one of those. And then I also wanted to point out something that I just realized. Um, so that documentary, The Legend Continues, I never knew until a few days ago when I was looking at the VHS cover that that was a Michael Jackson production. So that documentary. Oh, really? Yeah, that was done by Optimum and uh it says mjj productions uh in the credits uh, is that the one that came out in 87 um that one yes it actually came out in 87 i believe on tv and 88 on home video oh so. god they were monetizing <laughs> yeah <laughs> not just for tv but put it on vhs as well come on <laughs> yeah it says a motown productions presentation produced by um, Optimum Productions, and then it has, you know, Michael Jackson Productions credit on the back. So, yeah. if you want to get an idea of what a Michael Jackson documentary would have been like to whoever asked that question, definitely check out The Legend Continues and then, yeah, go from there. Yeah. <laughs> and I really, I really love in Moonwalker when he, uh, where they go through, like, his career, you know, like, is it like they set it up like it's this dressing room and they go around the different photographs and the TV yes. screens and different things come up? I think that's really creative and really cool. You can tell with that video, it's like, or with that film, it's certain parts they had Michael Jackson, but other ones it's like, okay, you're just going to have to do your own thing on here. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, we've got yeah we've got some footage we've got some plaster scene somewhere <laughs> let's like make something <laughs> yeah i i love it and i think it would have been cool also to see like michael do a documentary about some of the people that inspired him like if he did like a james brown mm, oh my god that would have been really cool Okay, cool. Well, I think that's all the questions we can do. Um, and we'll move on to the Desert Island Disc quickfire round. Anyway, we're in the next round. We've only got uh, 14 songs. I mean, 14 questions now. So we've so it was like 60 before, and now we've brought it down so much that we're down to 14. That makes sense, because if there's 60, then there would have been 30, and now there's 14, so. Right, so first one for you is Dangerous or Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. I think I'll go with Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Yes. <laughs> Ultimate party song, I just can't go without it. And in the Lost performance as well. Yes, exactly. Um, for you, I also have Dangerous or Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. This is a re yeah, this is a really difficult one because they're like completely different eras and I love them both equally. Um, oh, um, I'm just thinking what I would listen to more. You know what? There's so many like Teddy Riley tracks on here. I'm probably going to say Don't Stop Till You Get Enough as well. So yes, yeah, it's even it out. And you know what? <laughs> Don't stop till you get enough. Is like 
Because Dangerous is, you know, similar to a lot of tracks on uh, Dangerous. But Don't Stop Till You Get Enough is like completely unique. I feel like not even like no other song Michael Jackson did was like Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. No other song anyone's ever done. Like I just feel like it's such a like, like I don't know, gleaming star <laughs> of Michael Jackson's yeah. um, discography. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in there. It's irreplaceable for sure. Yeah. Okay, and I have ABC or Y for you. I'm going to go with, oh, that's actually hard because I love the harmonies, but mm. hmm. okay, you know what? I'm going to be different and I'm going to go with why because I feel like I need to hear a Michael Jackson duet other than, you know, his Jackson Brothers group. So I'll go with why. Yeah. Sounds reasonable. <laughs> um, for you, I have I'll Be There or why. Oh, um, I'm, I'm probably going to say why. Not because I'm like love why, but I'm yeah I'm not like I, I like singing along to I'll Be There, but it's not a song that I put on that often. But neither do I with why, but I do yeah it's it's a nice song. It's a nice song with the harmonies. Yeah, it's a good video. I agree. And, and quite different. Like he never I don't know it was a because it was it wasn't a Michael Jackson song. It was a Free T song and he featured in it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So it's quite like it wasn't really it's quite different video for him. It's not like his other videos at all. Yeah, I heard um, the other day 3T was talking about how they did it on the set of Stranger in Moscow. How that's why his hair looks the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they were like, "All right, well, there he has a break, so let's just do the, our video in the next room." Okay, and that's how they did yeah, it. Yeah, I can I can imagine that. Like, yeah, we've got a day. You just sit there and you sing the song, same place. We do our whole yeah. like walking around the mansion or whatever, and get the model in the pool, <laughs> and like then we're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Next for you is Chicago or Man in the Mirror? Oh, this is so unfair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm thinking about if I was on a desert island, really, I would need... Okay, I'm gonna pick Chicago, only because even though Man in the Mirror is iconic, it also is one of those songs that I always think about Michael Jackson's passing and death, mm. and it makes me kind of sad. So I think I need something upbeat. If I was on an island, I would need something with more upbeat vibes. So Chicago. Cool. So for you, there's also Stranger in Moscow or Man in the Mirror. Oh, um, Man in the Mirror. That's yeah. It it does remind. I don't. Yeah, it does remind me of him passing. But I think it's yeah, such a like anthem. Um, yeah, really love that song. I think everyone does. I don't know anyone who doesn't like that song. That's actually true. Yeah. Yeah. Who says? Right. Oh, I hate this song. Oh, it's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> you know, like, no one is like that. Uh, Never heard it. Apparently, it's uh, Axl Rose's favorite song of Michael Jackson. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's why I learned in my Guns N' Roses video. So. Um, nice. But yeah, I think it's a lot of people. Like, even like casual Michael Jackson followers or fans, you know, it's, it's, one of, it's up there. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, it's one that's really, um, it, it carries a very good message that um, I think everyone can relate to as well. Mm. So I was actually listening to uh, Mariah Carey yesterday because she's re-released a few of her tracks from um, her, her debut album. And there's an amazing song on there, which I've loved for years, and they have a few versions of it, of There's Got To Be A Way. Have you heard of it? I think that, I, I know that song, yes. Was it released? I don't know whether, I never hear it anywhere, but I feel like I've heard it. Like, right. I don't know whether because it's just one of those songs that, you know, when you just feel like you've heard something when you probably haven't. Um, 
But it, but obviously the message and the whole, I mean, it's very Man in the Mirror. So I, I love that song as well. Very, obviously with the vocals at that time as well, it was very dramatic and very, they have the gospel coming, you know, singers coming out at the end and like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really amazing. Okay. So next for you is, uh, will you be there or you rock my world? I'm going to have to go with, will you be there? Because I just feel mm. like, I this song meant a lot to me like during the trial and everything I remember as a high schooler I always listened to this and I was like I have to be there in support of Michael and like <laughs> I know it's probably so cheesy but I just always think about it and I love that song because of that and it's like will you be there you're like yes yes, yes I, I will, will. <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic and teenage oh <laughs> um, oh no I love that song yeah well you're but you wrote my world that is a that's a good song as well so that's a hard choice yes. It's hard, but this is the, we're getting to the final, so we've got to make these yeah, choices. Exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah. so for you, it's either someone put your hand out, or will you be there? Ooh. Oh, that is difficult. Because, yeah, they're similar, like, vibe as well. You know what? I'm going to say someone put your hand out, because I probably listened to that one more. Um, but, yeah, I love... Will You Be There is such, I don't know, what, that song is so, like, ethereal and, like, I don't know, otherworldly. Like, it is an amazing song, but, you know, I'm gonna pick, yeah, I'm gonna pick Will You Be There, because it's just so unique. Uh, but, yeah, I love Someone Put Your Hand Out as well. Like, it's, that's just, like, a really classic, beautifully simple song yes. for Michael Jackson, and it should have been properly released and well-known. I agree, it's one of my favourites. Yes. Right. Last one for you is They Don't Care About Us or Jam. Oh, I'm going to have to go with Jam because, yeah. I don't know, I just can't live without it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so for you, we have We Are The World or Jam. Oh, there's no competition, Jam. Okay. Yeah, love that song. That's going to be there for a while. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I listen to that song all the time. Um, and loads of different mixes of it and stuff. So, um, but yeah, definitely one of my favorites. Okay, cool. That's us with a quick fire round then. Yes. And I hope that the people listening at home are also doing it. You've got to leave us some type of message and let us know what your ending <laughs> songs are too. Yeah. Yeah, like Instagram us or something. Yeah. <laughs> or put a comment. I check, you know what? I don't know if you're the same. Do you check all your YouTube comments? Yeah, I check them because I have the app that tells me. Oh, you told me you didn't. You got rid of it or something. Yeah. Oh, now I now <laughs> I have back. installed it, reinstalled it, um, because oh, okay. I have the proper headspace to deal with um the hate comments too now. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, there was a while where I was like, because you can obviously do it with like views all the time and like you know ch check up on it all the time. So, but I I just try and like moderate how much I go on it. Um, but yeah, I check my YouTube comments if anyone has you know or or you know on on my community or whatever. Uh, yeah, let us know if you're doing it and where you're at. Uh, but anyway, that's it from this week. Uh, thank you for joining me, MJ Fangirl. Thank you for having me. It's been fun again. <laughs> <laughs> and see you guys next time. See you guys next time. Bye.